Thursday. It's Thursday, March 11th, 2021, and it's the Chris Raby Show on scoops at DannyMac.com. Happy to be with you today with sports going on exactly one year after everything stopped last year, March 11th, 2020. That is the day that famously the Utah Jazz canceled or postponed their game after Rudy Gobert had a positive COVID test and Really, the NBA hit the emergency break on things, and that was the first part of the sports world that would slow and then eventually come to a complete halt. So, you know, I wrote about it at scoopsatdannymac.com. You can go to the website right now and check it out. Um, Just a a column uh, reflecting over the past year and things that maybe I took for granted that I hope I won't anymore, or I hope I won't at least in the near future, and I would love your thoughts. You can tweet me at C-H-R-A-B-E, C-H-R-A-B-E. Again, check that column out at scoops at dannymac.com. Keith Costas of MLB Network going to join me coming up in just a moment. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. You can hear the Chris Raby Show and have it delivered to you each and every day by subscribing to Scoops at Danny Mac wherever you listen to your podcasts. And then you should leave a review. You should take a screenshot and you should send it to me on Twitter at C-H-R-A-B-E. You can check out both parts of my 90-minute marathon with Jack Flaherty up at scoopsatdannymac.com right now. Uh, also, the Players' Championship is underway. We talked some golf with Rick Gaiman yesterday. It's all for you. The Chris Raby Show at Scoops with dannymac.com. All right, let's head to New York and say hello to one of the best out there, Keith Costas of MLB Network. Great to talk to you, man. It's great to hear your voice. I've chatted with you, texted with you, talked to you. The last time uh, we got to spend some time together, though, was right before everything kind of started to change. It was the winter meetings in San Diego a couple of years ago, right before 2020 spring training. If you, Keith Costas, could have given Chris Raby and Keith Costas a piece of advice as they had dinner in San Diego, knowing what was ahead, what would it be? Have that extra beer. Stay out till closing time because this might be one of your last ones for a while. <laughs> we had a pretty good time, if I recall, but I think we could have extended it even a little bit further. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about, uh, you know, don't worry about uh, if you got to pick up the last eight bucks because you used your per diem, right? Because uh, yeah, no, pro- no problem. Just let it eat. Uh, what's happening, man? What 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 is happening now that we are hopefully turning the corner on some some better weather around the country and baseball's rolling what's going on tell me something good i don't know man i was thinking when uh when you asked me to come on here i was thinking about that time in san diego and i did i was lucky enough to sneak to a couple playoff games in uh in dallas last year but uh but other than that that's the last big baseball thing that i've been involved in at least in person was that uh winter meetings back in 2019 so it's all kind of a blur to me, like I'm sure a lot of other people, but uh, thankfully we're getting started back up here soon. And I hope at least the middle of the season that we're, uh, 
seeing most of the fans back in the stands and maybe even traveling around to cover some games again like we used to. But for the time being, just kind of biding our time and on the hamster wheel like everyone else trying to adjust to these crazy circumstances. Man, well, well, you were a part of uh, a lot of what was being created and what you guys were putting together at, at MLB Network last year as we got into, you know, April and then May and then there was no baseball and no baseball. And, you know, it's it's funny to think back, man, and, and think about like at least my frame of mind or I think everyone's frame of mind, like, what do you mean there won't be fans at the NCAA tournament? Like, what do you mean there won't be an NCAA tournament? Like, what do you mean there might not be sports until June or July? And it just kind of, it just kind of kept like stretching and stretching and stretching. But no, I think you're right. I think that that's made me kind of as today is literally the one year anniversary of Rudy Gobert day, March 11th. It's certainly, I think maybe not in the moment, but now looking back made me appreciate like, you know, every freaking rain delay or, or the weird two days, on either side of the baseball all-star game when like the only thing on is the ESPYs and, and that used to seem like the end of the world. Like all of a sudden there's a little perspective <laughs> around some of those minor inconveniences that we hopefully get back to. No doubt, man. Absolutely. For me being a huge college fan, I know the Rudy Gobert thing is, uh, is kind of what most people use as the, the breaking point for when this thing kind of got real Rudy Gobert and Tom Hanks, but having no SEC tournament for my Kentucky Wildcats, no NCAA tournament, it's no fans story. in the stands at Rupp. It's like, it is wild, man. I think college sports more than anything has been affected by the no fans in the stands just from a viewer's perspective, even when you're at home. But yeah, I certainly won't take those, uh, those packed houses for Moorhead state in November for granted anymore when I'm kind of half paying attention to the games down in Lexington. It's uh, it's been quite the experience these last what 12 months now. All right, maybe the flip side of things is that if there was going to be, you know, kind of a rough year, um, if, if, if this was going to happen to your Wildcats, maybe, yeah, it happens right now when you can't be, you know, uh, getting ready and making plans to either, you know, cram into a bar or travel to whatever the regional site is. Like maybe, uh, you know, Calipari is the mastermind behind all this. He'll somehow trick the media into this being their fault and you know uh <laughs> this all being for the good of his team because everyone pumped their tires up and so probably end up making the program uh three times as, as strong as we move forward well you've spent some time in memphis you know that cal's got a way to spend <laughs> everything and it's all part of the greater plan Listen, so, yeah, i told I'm you sure, uh... we're, we're we're just not any good <laughs> exactly saying that as they're cutting the nets down yeah I just coach my team. I love to coach my team. We're just trying to get better every day, not worrying about any of that stuff. But, uh, but yeah, also just from a fan's perspective, I'm, uh, I guess I'm glad that there aren't 24,000 psychos just mercilessly booing children, basically, that aren't performing up to their standards basketball-wise. So <laughs> dodged a bullet there, I guess. Uh, Keith Costas with us. Let's talk a little bit about what's going on uh, in baseball. From your perspective, um, what have you seen so far as, as we've gotten into spring, we've gotten into games. It seems like everyone, again, as, as odd as it might be to wrap your arms around this, everyone is, is so used to and so comfortable with whatever protocols there are. You add to that the fact that everyone's, at least for now, in one place, players and teams aren't flying all over the country. It seems like uh, things are, are moving about as smoothly as, as people could ask for. Is that how you see it right now? 
Yeah, no, I agree. It's like everything seems different than it ever was in routine all at the same time. It's like, you know, everyone talks about all the protocols and how the season is going to be different in terms of, you know, ramping guys back up from the shortened season and whatnot. But at the same time, in the moment when you're watching these spring training clips, it, clips, it almost just feels normal not having fans in the stands at this point. So, yeah, I think all things considered, um, you know, obviously there's a lot of uncertainty ahead over the next year or so. But, yeah, I think in the moment it's going about as smoothly as people could expect. We haven't talked since uh, Nolan Arenado Day, and it's funny, man, because I know that uh, I'm sure you um, and and you know Greg Amzinger and there's a good little pocket of uh, Cardinal fans, or at least people who grew up uh, Cardinal fans of St. Louis ties uh, around the league, but certainly around uh, MLB Network and, and folks that you work with. And man, it was kind of like, um, at least from a coverage standpoint. And, and you, I'm sure, view it through a different lens, but I'm sure that you see it on social media and stuff that you listen to. It's almost like, whoa, there's like nothing like for Cardinal fans to kind of like complain about or like uh, criticize the front office for. And at least for now, you got to see how this goes. But in an offseason where I think you're kind of set up for disappointment, like in a variety of ways, uh, what a what a sprint to the end of, of the offseason and into camp from uh from the Cardinals and from a handful of teams really in, in the national league, I guess, uh, who kind of pushed their chips in, in a similar way. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I think the Cardinals still have some pretty serious questions and I think it's yeah. still fair to question some of the moves that the, have been made over the last couple of years, but I mean, it is what it is. You go out and get a guy like Nolan Arnato, even coming off of a kind of injury plague down season, make the move that everyone's been screaming for, for the last two years. I mean, that's going to buy you a lot, a lot of goodwill as it, as it should. I mean, I think he's obviously improved the club a lot, but they still have some of the same questions. Um, to me, with the Cardinals, when you talk about the Arenado deal, like obviously he's solidifying what was already a really strong defensive team. He's that hitter they needed in the middle of the order, but they still have some of the same questions offensively that I think have plagued them over the last couple of years. Um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of options that I like, a lot of guys that could have good seasons, a lot of guys that I'm hopeful for, but I don't think – it's necessarily a good thing. You could spin it as depth, but when you don't know whether your leadoff hitter is your leadoff hitter or your seventh hitter or your eighth hitter might be hitting leadoff against left-handers, when there's that kind of shuffling going on around those two kind of aircraft carriers in the middle of the lineup, I'm not sure how that's really going to play out, but Hey, I guess that's why they play the season. I would have to say they're the favorites going into this thing. And um, we'll just have to see how it plays out offensively with the rest of the group. It's funny, man. It's funny to consider that a player like him could be, you know, the biggest uh, from a lineup perspective, like the biggest difference maker that was moved or even perhaps available all off season. One of the biggest trades when you consider the contract, uh, when you consider, um, you know, kind of the whispers about the Cardinals and the Rockies for a while, like it can be the biggest move, the most earth shattering move, but at the same time, it might not at all have any impact on the things that this team has struggled with over the last handful of seasons. Yeah. I mean, I think you have to keep it in perspective and it wasn't like people have been saying Nolan Arnato would put the Cardinals over the top. People have been saying that this team has a huge hole in the middle of the lineup. So they filled that hole, obviously a very positive development, but you're basically back to where you need to be, to be a true 
you know, a team with true World Series aspirations. You can't be that with the offense the Cardinals had the last couple of years. So they've almost gotten kind of back to even in terms of where they're at among the contenders, just having like a viable offense to put out there. So, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I think they'll be better offensively, and I obviously think Nolan's going to be great in St. Louis. But, yeah, I mean, I think there's probably a move to be made at the deadline or maybe some of that old Cardinal devil magic comes into play now that they've kind of put the good karma <laughs> in and going out and making the big move. Uh from a front office perspective, maybe that stuff comes back around Pete Cosma style and, uh, and they roll, uh, roll through the playoffs and all of, all of America hates St. Louis once again, as it should be. But, uh, but yeah, I'm with you. They are, it's exciting to see them there, but I think they've still got some questions offensively and I could see it going a number of different ways. It's a pretty wide range of possibilities for the group. I think. Shout out to Pete Cosma, man. Not only yeah. one of the nicest human beings I've ever met, but a dude who, Still kind is is still uh, is is still trucking and has has been on some really really good teams has, has found his way onto some some good teams and has found his way into some into some big moments. Man, he will uh, he will forever have a soft spot in my heart. He was like the, I guess it's it, it's funny because he had like obviously one of the uh, biggest moments. What was a part of one of the biggest moments in you know recent Cardinals history, but then was the whipping boy. Uh, for a while, he was kind of like the Patrick Berglund um, for fans, just the guy that always like got criticized regardless of, of what he actually did. Like, oh, Cosmo. And same thing with Berglund. <laughs> I'm trying to think of another guy who just always gets it. Um, I, I guess Mosellock kind of gets that from the fans as well. <laughs> okay. Like for a while, it was like, all right, well, talk to me when you get Aaron Otto. All right. And then, and then right. Did. Right. What, what, what's the feelings uh, up there? Uh, around the Mets, the Yankees, um, obviously the Red Sox kind of doing their annual every four or five year uh, soft uh, reload and, and rebuild. What's kind of the vibe uh, up in the Northeast uh, right now, Keith? Yeah, well, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn because we talk about it openly. If you watch, uh, if you watch Hot Stove, Matty V always brings it up, but this building is just filled with Mets apologists. I mean, it is absolutely insufferable. You would think that the Yankees rule the roost up here, but that is not the case. I mean, there are Mets fans everywhere you turn and they are a special group. <laughs> let, let me tell okay, you, give me the, give me the correlation. Is there a correlation like whether you're Mets or Yankees to then where your football hockey, where your other sport allegiances lie, or are they all like uh, completely unique to the individual? Yeah, I mean, I think the conventional wisdom, I guess, is Yankees, Giants, Rangers, and then Mets, Jets, Islanders, um, and then the Knicks are kind of uh, in the middle of the Venn diagram there. But it goes all different ways. I mean, I think that the the underlying the Mets, underlying Jets. commonality here. Oh, I know, Mets, I know. Jets right? is a tough pocket pair, man. Like Yankees, Giants over the last couple of decades, you're you're living well. Mets, Jets is just yeah, that's a that's a tough lot. The tortured sports fan um, for that group is almost sort of like a, an overriding personality trait for a lot, a lot of these Mets, Jets people. So they almost seek out the misery, it oh, seems. But I do think- is a diehard Islander fan, man. And just like they just find new ways to torture themselves. Yeah, they do. Um, but with the Mets, your original question, I do. I do think the Mets are going to be pretty darn good this year. That lineup yeah. is outrageous. I don't think people realize outside of the Northeast or people that are really following the game day in and day out that that was one of the better lineups that we've seen in quite some time. I mean, I know it's a shortened season. Who knows if it would have held over 102 more games than they actually played. But 
that is one stacked lineup. They're basically the inverse of the Cardinals. They've got a ton of guys that mash and can't play defense, and <laughs> they've got a pretty good staff. Their bullpen was improved with Diaz on a bounce back. So I don't know if they're going to be able to catch the ball, but they've got guys all up and down that lineup that can absolutely rake. So yeah, it's and they've got an exciting season. Yeah, and they've got an owner who, by all accounts, is going to continue to uh, to push the chips in, right? Like, So if you're a fan, you feel pretty good about – if there's an opportunity in season, like to improve or to make a big time splash, he's probably going to do it. Yeah. I think Steve Cohen's involvement with the Mets and just kind of the whole vibe around the team since he took over, that's been sort of the quintessential like back page New York type of story since I've lived up here for about 10 years now. I mean, obviously there's been lots of stuff with, you know, the giants winning super bowls and the Yankees are always competitive. It's not like there's any shortage of big stories, but that is like sent from central casting, Steve Cohen being the Mets owner. Like that is what New York fandom and kind of like the coverage and the overwhelming nature of the New York media. Like that's what it's all about. That guy is made for this town and made for the kind of way that the teams are covered here. I think Keith Costas from MLB network. Always enjoy uh, getting the pulse. And yeah, you know, if this was a regular segment, I'd call it, a bite out of the big apple. Um, or I'd call it, um, um, I'll take my New York slice with Provel. I'm thinking of terrible names for, um, you know, a recurring segment for you. Well, I should, I should cut you off right now and let you know where I actually am is literally in a closet in Secaucus, New Jersey, <laughs> into a sound room. So I know people are probably thinking of me, you know, we're oh, down bro. in town and one, I Oak thought you were hitting up all the clubs. I know I'm, I'm literally, no, I I Next thought you were at uh, River in a closet. So I thought you were uh, in, in the front booth, the catbird seat at, at Guy Fieri's restaurant in Times Square, <laughs> eating some, you know, extra sided donkey sauce. Even less glam- glamorous than that, my friend. Lovely Secaucus, New Jersey. Well, keep it up, man. And uh, we will be uh, watching and stay glued to MLB Network. Always great chatting. And here's to, um, you know, having that one extra beer together at some point. Very very soon you know let's just call it two let's be safe better safe than sorry all right brother later chris have a good one